Hey everybody, welcome back to The Hustle, it's John Lamoureux. Okay, this week we have what I think is one of the, the icons of New Wave. I mean, let's be honest, New Wave basically came from the UK, and when you think of New Wave, you think of people like Annabella Lewin of Bow Wow Wow. I mean, in the States anyway, it was mostly all about I Want Candy. But in the UK, they put out those two albums, sounded like nothing else that was out there, unless you consider Adamant, and you all know the story about that one. Um, but it was just incredible stuff, all thrown together by Malcolm McLaren. She was only 13 when she was discovered. It's, uh, it's difficult, I say this in here, it's difficult not to look at her career through the modern lens of what would have been happening today in a situation like that, which it probably never would have happened. I tried to kind of get into some of the specifics on that, but you could tell that it's not something she's that comfortable talking about. She doesn't want to give too many details. I wasn't trying to ask for too many details, not juicy ones anyway, but it's still an awkward conversation to have. So we get into some of the tough spots, some of uh, what it was like working with Malcolm, the state of the band, they're all kind of in shambles today, but she goes out and tours alive doing 80s shows. In fact, on the 20th, this coming weekend, she's part of the Lost 80s live show in Grand Prairie, Texas. And on the 25th, she's part of the Lost 80s live show in Bakersfield. Uh, so beginning with that, like how you make a living and, and other music she's made. And her one solo album was called Fever that came out after the after the um, the two Bow Wow Wow albums happened. Anyway, it's complicated. There's a lot of complications in here. But Annabella is an icon. She's gorgeous still, as beautiful as she ever was. And she's still very active. So I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. She called me from her home in LA. All right, so here's the deal, Annabella. I have never seen you in concert, mm. which is a shame to me because you are a, almost always a fixture on one of the Lost 80s live shows. And I go to those almost every year. For instance, I, I live in Denver, but I'm from Salt Lake City. So mm. I hit one of those shows almost every year and you're never there. And, mm. But you've got some upcoming shows with the Lost 80s Live. You need to ask the powers that be that who really? book all the artists. Yeah, there are agents and there are promoters. Okay. So, um, you know, I guess they, they have their pick of who they want to see. And I guess all the artists that are on there are the ones they want to see most. But um, it's also scheduling. A lot of us, you know, have different things we're doing in between. Yeah. Um, like I've just been in the studio. So, you know, there's a really? few things. Yeah, I, I just did a guest artist thing for for an for um for an artist. So, you know, I don't know when that's going to happen because when it's not my thing, it's like it's entirely up to the artist. I've done lots of things like that. It's not the first time, but um, it sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. You know, um, and it's not always advertised for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, and other things are just kept under wraps until they're ready to put whatever they're out, you know, going to, going to do out there. Um, so w when we do these, well, when I get asked or invited, I like to call it invited because I like invitations to do live work. I love obviously live, live, live stuff's the best because you actually connect directly with the audience. So it's kind of in between, um, other stuff. So that's the reason why, uh, okay. It says select dates, you know, and yeah. I guess dependent on what they're looking for for that particular for that particular arena and that particular event. If they had like um, a question and answer thing for every participant that, you know, um, attended, 
I think that would be a good idea because then they could gauge yeah. who they want to see more of. Or if they say, hey, we want to see, you know, um, you know, a big country or something, for example, right. who knows, the agent might go, okay, let's try and get in touch with big country, yeah. you know, but it's it's all really dependent on the audience. Right. If the audience, you know, it's what the audience, it's a demand, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Does, does that well, answer well, your question? Yes, it does. I mean, I, I just am curious why it's never lined up that I've had a chance to see you. In fact, I was, I mentioned this before we started recording, about 10 years ago, Bow Wow Wow came through Denver and it was missing persons, and I think and it was a third band. I don't remember who the third band was. Somebody similar. And I'm I'm about to go. It's the day of the show. I think it was on a Wednesday. And you post on social media, just so everyone knows. Unless a show says Annabella Lewin of Bow Wow Wow, you're not seeing me in concert. And I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And I looked into it, and it wasn't you. And you're mm. the reason I would go see that band. So I didn't mm. end up going because I was feeling screwed in the deal because I want to see Annabella. I don't want to see anybody else. Oh, thank what's you. The deal? Well, of course, but who, what's the deal right now? Is one of the other guys is out there as Bow Wow Wow and you're Annabella, the original singer of Bow Wow Wow or something, right? Or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's nice um, of you to say. Well, basically, um, I was in the band and and it's still a band it's just that i guess you know the bass player thinks he wants to be in his own band um but the diff unfortunate thing is he doesn't own you know he doesn't own that there's a lot of legal stuff involved with this but basically he's um maybe he just wants to be a famous rock star who knows but i do know that i'm so much happier um doing what i do which is i like collaborating with other people other artists, for example, um, and doing what I do best. You know, I can't answer questions that have something to do with someone else's psyche. I mean, we, you know, we, we just worked together. That's all it was. So, uh, the last time I saw him was in, you know, uh, 2011 and his manager was, you know, trying to get him to do stuff. Uh, I don't know. I was just asked to, you know, do some shows with him. And yeah. after a year, you know, um, the next thing I know, I just saw shows being advertised for a tour and I hadn't been asked to do it. Yeah. So it was all a bit confusing at the time for myself. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's it's one of those situations, I think, where, um, you know, as a Buddhist, I, I'm aware of the fact that you have to learn certain lessons in life. And if you don't learn them, then they'll just keep cropping up. Um, if you keep moving without regard for anybody else, then it won't work out eventually because, um, you know, you're not, it's not about your happiness, just solely about you and me, me, me. Uh, and that's funny saying that as an artist because most artists are, you know, that's what it's supposed to be about. But in fact, you'll find that a lot of artists are a lot more savvy to, to what goes on now in the business side. They have had to be um, yeah. because of the nature of the industry that's changed, especially with us um, older artists, the le- what we call the, the legacy, the legacy artists. They have to, you know, learn to do a lot of stuff that they wouldn't have done if they'd been signed to a label, for example. Sure. If you're signed to a record label, it's, it's, it's easy because basically it's like being signed to you know, a company that gives you money and all you do is make music, which is great because all you focus on is the music and how you look 
and how your nails are looking and all the rest of it. But with with the other people like myself, we have to focus on, you know, where the next event is, what's going to happen next, you know, and we have to literally go out there and um, find that for ourselves, which is fair enough because that's what we signed up for. But the unfortunate thing is sometimes it it can we can be overlooked as well. Um, especially in the in the in the charts because it's all about popular artists. That's why we're called pop artists, I guess. Yeah. I learned that over the years myself. Uh, pop pop artists are people who are popular at the time, and then they're no longer right. that popular, you know. Right. Um, but uh, I hope that you know whatever I'm doing as as a as a writer, songwriter, yeah. you know, performer, or whatever else events I I get involved with, whether it's me in front of the camera or behind the camera. I would like to um, make it as real and as as uh, happy and positive and just you know good for the for the people that pay their hard earned money to to come to come to the event because that's what it's about. It's about it's about you guys. It's about the audience. For me, it always has been. It's never changed. Yeah. When I was a teenager, you know. Yeah, I um, I have a lot of questions about everything you just said. Do you get to play shows that are where you're like the headliner and you play for an hour or something and you go deep on Bow Wow Wow tracks or solo songs or whatever? Or is it primarily packaged tours where you've got like your 20, 30 minutes? It depends on the arena. It's difficult to answer that question because it depends on the arena and what the, um, you know, what the people yeah. who are booking the artists are looking for. It. I have, my last official show was 75 minutes which oh. was a live band show, and that was in yeah. Milwaukee at Summerfest. Oh, nice. Um, so I don't know if you heard about that. I I try to advertise everything or have, you know, I'm working with a brilliant website guy who was um, the one actually that um, came to see me live in New York mm. um, when I had literally a handful of dates um, the same year as the bass player, you know, went out pretending he was in a band called Bow Wow. But um, anyway, the point being, whatever, you know, mm -hmm. rocks his world, I'm sure. God knows it looks pretty odd at the moment. I don't yeah. understand what's going on myself. I'm very confused. That's why I have to put my name in front of things yeah. I do now, because I don't want to confuse the audience. I don't want to lie yeah. to to anybody. Right. You know, you, what you get is what you see with me. I'm pretty straightforward. This is why yeah. I've worked with people for many years. But I do know that when the audiences want to hear the songs, they just... They want to hear, you know, they want to hear what they heard on the radio, obviously, yeah. uh, or maybe saw on the video. And They're once again, see you. anybody uh, else? Who's out, any, I mean, very kind yes, of you let's to be say. Honest, you're the star of Bow Wow Wow, is Annabelle? Well, I wouldn't call myself that. I, I, you know, I work, I work with the guitar player on the last album. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. So we wrote that together. Mm -hmm. um, it's a shame we didn't do a U two on that. That's all I have to say. But anyway. Um, <laughs> but I do know that uh, he's not here anymore and yeah. after he passed away in 1995 things just weren't the same you know yeah. um, one has to evolve and one has to move on and you know it's important to just be just be you and just try and do the best that you can that's all yeah. I have to sort of say on that yeah, really. this, the second album I think is my favorite too and I think I read recently that did you write all the lyrics on that album I co-wrote the songs with the guitar player Matthew yeah. Ashman, correct? We were in his living room in Notting Hill Gate. We were sitting there working every day. Yeah. Uh, and then we went into a studio with Mike Chapman after that. 
It was crazy. amazing. It was. It was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> when I think of when I think of you, I think of somebody who grew into being an artist. You, Aww. because of the background. I mean, my understanding. I think your story has been well told. You're kind of plucked out of obscurity mm. in a in a now. It's the dry cleaners, not a laundromat. There's a difference. And I've heard mm. you say that there's a difference. Mm. So you work in this family dry cleaner. Someone hears you sing Stevie Wonder. They mm. think you should audition for Bow Wow Wow. I mm. believe you sing C33, C60. That's mm. your audition, right? Yeah, Matthew went through it once and I went through it after that. And that was it. I was hooked. I really was. I was like, wow. oh my God, what a great yes. song. Because Malcolm, you know, Malcolm had that concept and that idea. Yeah. So he did all the work on that one, obviously. It was an yeah. idea. Like he, you know, like Adam said, he paid him money to give him some ideas. Because yeah. that's what he was great at. He was great at coming up with innovative ideas. And um, I realized that, you know, at, uh, after the event, many years later, obviously I didn't know who I was who I was working with. I'd never heard of him or any of the, sure. but I'd obviously I'd heard of the other band he'd managed. And uh, I think I was about nine when I heard that one of their songs. And then I met Glenn, of course, years later. I really like Glenn. He's, he's a very nice guy. And uh, That's right here. yeah, really is. And he deserves so much success because, you know, there was like a period where he was kind of overlooked. Yes. Um, a bit like Carlos Santana, one of my guitar heroes. Ooh. If you're out there, Mr. Santana, um, I'm available <laughs> to, to collaborate on a song because um, I love writing and coming up with something different and something hopefully, you know, interesting for, for people yeah. to hear. You yeah. know, that's kind that's of where I was at. Yeah. It's interesting you mentioned Malcolm and Glenn because I just finished watching Pistol. Have you seen oh. that? It's uh, oh. the it's this new series about the Sex Pistols. It was on Hulu. Uh -huh. um, it's based on Steve Jones's book. Oh, okay. Boy. So I'm watching it, and the depiction of Malcolm is exactly what I've always imagined, which is just this grand idea man. Mm. He is full of ideas that are so big and so provocative mm. and compelling and mm. revolutionary. Mm. He sees the he sees like the marketing of an idea more than he does like the notes of a song or something like that. Yeah, that's we seem more interested in the grapes and the fruit and how they were all, and the apples and the oranges when I was doing the <laughs> Dejeuner Sur la Herbe uh, photo yes. shoot, which was quite funny. 
because yes. I was I was like freezing. I was sitting there going, "Are you going to take a picture?" Because um, I wanted to get it over and done with as soon sure. as possible, but it took a long time. I remember, and yeah. then I didn't know, but till years later, someone had been filming it. You know, which was without my knowledge, permission, and consent. Also, you know, I I really I really it kind of was shocking to me that no one informed me about anything. Oh. You know, it really it was really quite shocking. Well, but you know, I was a teenager, so you know. I know. I got to be honest, Annabella. It's hard not to think about your story through the lens of modern times. I mean, you think you talk about being there at that shoot and I think you're 14 years old and you're naked. And mm. I, today we would say that's, that would never happen. Are there handlers there? Is your mom present? Do you feel Sorry, safe? What's a, what's a handler? See, that's what I mean. <laughs> I don't know what, Nowadays, hand, what that's is what a handler mean. just out of interest. <laughs> What is the definition of a handler? Because that kind of conjures up all sorts of images to me. Well, in a positive way, it would be so. It would be a you know like a, a responsible adult who's handling a minor in a situation oh. like that. Yeah, you know? no, that never happens. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. it's hard to. It's. I mean, I think it's so foreign that any that in this day and age, anyone that grown adult men would put you in the situation that you were in. I'm not saying it was bad or good or whatever, mm. but to go through that would never happen today. But it happened then because yeah. we didn't know any better. Mm. I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying there was anything bad other than being filmed, you know. No, you're entitled to your opinion. Everybody is. I just, I find it strange because, you know, looking back, what we did was so much, was was pretty tame in comparison to what I see oh, now yes. on videos, especially. Yes. It's just important, I think, for women to be supportive to women in this industry because there's we have a we have enough of a tough you know we have a lot going on that we have to deal with uh, yeah. just because we are you know um, and I just I, I think it would be really cool to have more women that were more supportive to the women in the industry if you know what I'm saying instead of trying to compete with them and getting jealous and yeah. all the stupid things that you have to deal with um, as as a woman in the industry it's bad enough. Yeah that you have to deal with the other side of it. Because there's a lot of men in the industry of entertainment. And, of course, that whole Me Too movement stated quite clearly what was going on. And it wasn't around in my day. <laughs> well, well, I, but, I don't want to get too deep into the weeds on this, but I'm imagining that if if Me Too was a thing, you would have stories to tell from back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, when I, I'm imagining <laughs> – I don't know why this name came to mind, but I – like I'm picturing someone like uh, Billy Idol, just like calling you daily. Hey, Annabella, do you want to go out or whatever? And and that kind of attention inside the rocket industry and out happening nonstop every day for years. Mm. Well, um, with all due respect to Mr. Idol, who I would love to do some shows with if he's around um, and interested um, as an artist, as a respectful artist. Because it's all about it's all about the music for me always always has been that was my first great love. Um, yeah. Obviously, I wouldn't have been doing it in the first place if I hadn't loved music from yeah. a very early age. But um, it's you know it's really it's really more to do with the business side of things I'm referring to rather than the actual artists. Because artists are cool. I like yeah. I like musicians. In fact, I love the way musicians play. I, I've auditioned many musicians and. Uh, I've worked with many great musicians, and I and I am working with some great musicians as we speak. Um, when I'm doing sh a show here and there, 
Um, although I'd like to do a tour, that would be awesome. Um, if anyone had a thinking cap on, that would be great to put together a really good tour with myself. And I have a few suggests. But, you know, it's all about the demand, you know. And if you don't get asked to do whatever, then you're not going to be there. End of story, yeah. you know. And we make our living through doing these things. That's how we make our living from, you know, going to, like I just said, I did a guest artist thing. Um, that's how we make our living. That's how yeah. we do survive. And in some cases, especially since the pandemic um, changed everything, the pandemic really changed a lot. Um, so it's no income, basically. Basically, everybody, well, you saw what happened on Broadway. I mean, it was heavily featured, you know, or someone actually turned, coined it uh, one day the lights were on and then they were all off, you know. Yeah. And it's it's kind of like that. I just I just done a cruise thing for seven days, which was awesome. And we were on this amazing, you know, hotel on the water. And it was it was an incredible experience, actually. But we were so we were like a fish in a bubble. We really were. And it wasn't until after that ended we came off and it was like everyone's locked down and yeah. it's like oh my god i haven't bought anything for my i haven't bought any food uh -huh. for my pets you know and so i kind of i kind of was like it was all very sudden and soon and everybody was well because they were really um careful on on the ship you know to keep uh, sanitizing and everything else um and it wasn't until for some people i understand when they got a, in miami uh, sorry florida Apparently there was a um, an airport worker that had COVID, and of course, if one person has it, uh, the next thing you know, um, some of them became unwell um, after being on this ship for seven days and being a hundred percent well. If you know what I'm yeah, saying, so yeah. it was really bizarre. And unfortunately, I didn't get to see the B-52s. They didn't come to do the the shows there, or Michael. Um, he's a rocker guy. Sorry, I forget his name. He has a big bandana around. I haven't. I'm wearing mine today. But Brett Michael. That's Brett the Michael's one. Uh, he yeah. was supposed to turn up. He didn't turn up either, and it was sad because there were a lot of people very, very disappointed. But fortunately, um, the Whalers came to you know do some shows, and we, the rest of us, as you know, artists yeah. and people in the industry, did our best to. Uh, keep it as interesting as possible for the disappointed fans that were on the yeah. ship. Um, and a lot of them, a few of them actually, I understand, de departed because they want, they were there specifically to see those artists. So True. it's a knock-on effect, you know, with everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, I want to ask you specifically about some, as I mentioned earlier, about you kind of growing or blossoming into the artist. You were too young to know at 13 how this would turn out and it's turned out wonderfully. And so I want to ask you some of your songs. Do you want to hold me is probably my favorite Bow Wow Wow song still. To That's this very day. kind of you to say, by the way, but I don't think I finished yet. I haven't oh. done anything.
in comparison to people like Shania Twain and, you know, uh, the, the, the artists I, I have deep respect for, I have done nothing in comparison to those artists, I don't feel. But thank you for saying that. I do appreciate well, the, the compliment. Well, sure. I The thing is, the, the thing I don't know if enough people realize is that you, I don't remember which song it was, you were even talking about being a puppet or whatever, and that might be a perception by some Oh, Chihuahua. Yes. Suddenly it. <laughs> I didn't write that one. Mind. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. Wrote that one. <laughs> when you did start writing, the band yeah. is just as good. And you, I mean, there's not, you know, a box set worth of Annabella Lewin material out there, but there's a lot not of yet. good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah not yet. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. So tell me about the creation of Do You Want to Hold Me? Because I've, <laughs> all the mm-hmm. Disney references are so weird to me, but so cool. How did mm. this, how did it play out in your mind? Oh, it's very simple. When I was sitting with Matthew, he asked me straight off the bat when we were sitting there, what do you want to say? What do you want to talk about? And so I told him, and that's how we came up with the name. He had the chorus already, but it it was kind of funny because I didn't think the chorus went with the the verses I was coming up with. But we collaborated anyway um, on all of the songs on that. There were a few ideas I'd already written down, like Ricky D. You know, I met that guy. I actually, there is a Ricky D and there are really? several Ricky D's and there's now Miss Ricky D's um, in other places around the world. Yeah, I couldn't believe there was a, an attendant in the bathrooms of clubs giving people stuff, you know, to uh-huh. spray on them or make them smell good or put, you know, to wipe under yeah. their armpits and things like that. Sorry, I'm very, very detailed. <laughs> um, okay. But it was quite interesting because... You know, it just it. I, every time you go anywhere and and do anything, there are many many things one can write songs about because it's everywhere. You know, if you you know appreciate life and what's going on, and also, you know, as artists, we're messengers. We're here to to address certain things sometimes too, give messages through that. I believe that's what I believe. Um, it's taken me many years. I mean, I, I work on it all the time when I'm writing. Yeah. It's not like I'm. The, I'm certainly no, by no means a great, you know, I don't know, who knows if, it, if they're still around in 40 years, we'll, we'll see. Right. But, um, you know, when you, when you go to, to write and record anything, the most important thing is inspiration. If, if there's no inspiration, nothing is going to happen. Yeah. 
yeah. you know. And I've actually been in a session before where I've, you know, been asked to, to do stuff. And I've, I've actually said, no, I can't do this. This is beyond me. I'll try my best, but it's not, you know, maybe you should get someone else in to do this, you know. Right. And, you know, because they want me to be attached to something to do with whatever for whatever reason but i i only do stuff i really really like like last um in the pandemic year i was asked to do um a recording with an artist called you know ron reason and she had some great videos out actually but this particular one um i just had a little rap thing and um she said oh we'd like you to come in and you know she said let's you know and they more or less had the song done but there were a few parts that they needed tidying up um, it's called Panic Town. Hey boy, hey girl, better watch out, it's a panic town, panic town, panic town. No escape, panic town. on it's on the website but um the video is awesome the the video director is eric zimmerman and uh ronna reason came up with that with him and uh it's great i love to see i love to see things like that it was very kind of rough and ready and it reminded me of when i first started out let's put it that way yeah um because i mean a video yeah oh go ahead no after you oh i was gonna say i really like tell it like it is oh thank you White Smoke, Blue Smoke, you yeah. seem, the last few years anyway, um, 
has your focus been on like releasing singles when you like them enough to put them out and not think about a full album or what's your philosophy or your approach to releasing the music that you do write and record now? My philosophy would be I'd have a record deal and I could release whatever I liked, whenever I liked, because there'd be a bit of budget to do so. Yeah, yeah. Um, as an independent, it's a bit, you have to be obviously a bit choosier. I actually had something out a while ago, which I need to re-release um, and some, an EP I was supposed to put out that hasn't come out yet. There's Is that a bunch the Willow Tree one? Yeah. I couldn't find yeah. it anywhere. It's on your website, but I never, I've looked for it several times. I never seen it. I know. That will be re-released, but um, I love—I just love the process of songwriting. I have to say, but again, it's down to who you're working with. Yeah. Um, a lot to do with. Um, they said, I think there's a saying in the industry where it's, yeah. Um, they say it's something like ten percent, you know, huh. inspiration, but it's not. It's actually for me, it's the other side of the coin. Oh, really? <laughs> it's ninety-nine percent inspiration and ten percent uh -huh. sweat. I mean, uh -huh. you don't think about all that other stuff. That's easy, going on a stage and doing stuff, provided you have a good production crew and right. sound men. Um, right. But other stuff that goes on in the studio, it really is about the person you're working with or persons. Um, I find it's very important anyway. Yeah. I wonder, okay, I have a couple of songs. From so what was your question well. about Do You Want to Hold Me? You said you had a question. Well, I wondered. Oh, that's right. Well, I wondered what all the Disney characters said. Where did um, that? Where did the inspiration for that come yeah, from? Yeah. Well, I I liked it to. Mickey Mouse. I liked. I liked. Well, they were all my favorite uh -huh. characters as a little girl. You know, uh -huh. I used to watch a lot of American television when I was in my teens. Time uh -huh. Tunnel. There were uh -huh. so many American shows that I was watching. Uh, Space 1999. You know, there were so many that I used to watch. So I guess part of that stuck, you know, as a little girl. Um, it's all about visuals. You know, it was yeah. about visuals and the, the the messages, you know. Yeah, yeah, mm. I do. Okay, I wanted to ask you about a couple of, thanks for reminding me about that, by the way. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you about a couple of songs from the from your first solo album, The Fever. Mm -hmm. When I listened to, like, Mary for Love, I feel like that is 
almost I, it has to be autobiographical. I'm sort of guessing. I'm a mad. I, this is what I'm projecting onto you. You tell me if I'm way off. Mm-hmm. Here's Annabella Wynn. She's probably 18, 19 years old. Mm-hmm. She is beloved by an entire country. 17. Were you 17? <laughs> I think I was okay. 17 when they picked okay. me up. Yeah. So anyway, marry me or marry for love to me mm-hmm. feels like you sort of pushing off the advances of every older man who's coming at you thinking, I'm going to make, I'm going to marry that Annabella. She's going to be mine. Rich men, sugar daddies, whatever. And this is your line in the sand saying, that's not what I'm about. That's how I'm envisioning that song. Okay. Oh, you're not commenting. Was there a question on that? Well, am I close in where I'm where I am I'm not going to answer that one. Okay, I like okay. people to make their, their own minds up. It's okay. really up to the, you know, it's really up to the individual, the, the connoisseur or the, the, okay. the person listening. I, I don't like to put labels on. Okay. I don't like to put labels on, on things, really. Okay. I was listening to what an older interview that you did, and you were engaged at that time. Mm-hmm. 17, 16, 17. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not gonna. You don't want to get into that one either. <laughs> I'm, I'm realizing there's a lot of potholes here that we need to avoid. Right? <laughs> okay. It's really boring. It's really, really boring. Let's put it that way. I won't go into things that are not relevant to okay. the whole. I mean, I'm sure people want to just hear about, you know, what you've already asked me about, which is kind of what they know about, which is fine or have well, touched not- on. You know. I'm not. I I am really not an interviewer that goes after salacious stuff. I'm just trying to kind of add color or fill in gaps or whatever. I'm really not that guy. Okay. Do I seem like that guy? I'm not really that guy. Your <laughs> solo album to... is so hard to find, as you know. So I've just been able to find. Are you talking about? I can't even find. Fever. Which one are you talking about? Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Oh, someone's obviously not happy that I had that out. I wonder well, who that could be. It's not it's not streaming on Spotify. In fact, I've wow. only been able to find a couple of songs on YouTube. One yeah. of them being Mary for Love, one of them being Desire. So Really? And the fever. Yeah. Well that goes that goes back to the people who've released it. Mm. Uh the uh I think it's called I think they're called Secret Records. Mm. Uh whoever released the product and they were a company formed. It's a whole other story. Okay. Again, okay. I won't go into all the That's boring fine details but um when people hear stuff that comes out from an artist they need to go to the source of who's put it out yeah because i've actually only come across certain things myself over the years because other people have informed me um and i like to know actually um if people are using my material without my knowledge permission and consent because they'll be getting a lawyer's letter um, especially since I haven't seen any money from it. So it's really important to let artists know things like that, by the way, and yeah. anybody that has done the work and um, is not receiving payment. Because, yeah. again, once again, I have to you know, emphasise uh, when we don't have record deals and are not funded by huge labels or smaller yeah. labels, for that matter, uh, it, it, it's all about you know, how we are able to support and survive over the years. And as you've mentioned, I've been doing this quite a long time, but the people who don't know who the hell I am, you know, to them, all they want to know is what she do, what's her song, you know, and uh, the newer stuff is certainly a departure from, you know, the stuff I started out doing, but I put that down to being, um, you know, evolving 
I, too. I, Absolutely. Yeah, you have to. You can't stay yeah. still and tread no. water forever. It's, you know. It's interesting you say that, and it's interesting that you mentioned Big Country earlier because I was thinking about them when I was getting ready to talk to you because the more they tried to distance themselves from having this, the bagpipe sound in their in their songs, mm. the less people paid attention. And I wondered if you, as an artist, when you were evolving, your solo album, Fever, the, that one anyway, isn't over-dominated by the Burundi drum style or anything like that. But do you feel, as you are evolving, do you ever feel like people are used to hearing me do the Burundis and the, you know, the scratch guitars? I feel a responsibility to giving them what they know from me. Or do you feel comfortable doing what you want to do as an artist and a creative person? Well, that's one of the, um, that's a good question, by the way. Um, and in answer to it, the short answer would be yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I'm not signed to a label dictating what I can and can't do. Uh -huh. um, but the other side of the coin is it's about where you are in your own life. I don't think that anybody can really answer the question of is that the right thing to do because you know one never knows one has to follow their flow um and it's important to do what is i like to try and keep things real and true to myself so that's kind of how i that's okay. how i how i work with everybody yeah. you know and and go in the studio or you know doing it when i do events i i am who you know you get what you see I, i'm not yeah. trying to be anything other than just doing what right. I do, it can be made a little difficult sometimes because you're dealing with um, prejudices and all the rest of it sometimes, which are not, you know, anything to do with you. It's just other people's perceptions, if, if that, that makes sense. But I just wanted to also let you know that I have um, Reverb Nation is a link I have. I thought I actually put some other tracks on there, but they um, there was a couple of guys I did a guest spot with who were amazing to work with. I'd love to work with them again. Uh, okay. They're based in the UK. They're called the Utah Saints. I love the Utah Saints. Yeah, yes. absolutely brilliant. They were great. Yes. Tim and Tim and Jeremy and uh, their lovely ladies I got uh -huh. to meet. It was great because I got to spend a few days working in their home. They have a home studio. And um, one, they both do DJ stuff as well, apparently. But yeah. I haven't... I have to say that was the fun, one of the other fun sessions I had mm. as a guest artist. And I put it out as a song um, called, you know, we're already making the life changes. We're busy making a life changer. Like if you don't like it, then rearrange it. You know, so if you go check that one out, you'll see what I'm talking about with regards to, you know, messages. Hopefully they're, they're things that people can relate to. Because in the real life, as we know, especially today in this continued pandemic, there's so much there's so much um, anger and hatred and unkindness and all the negative stuff that we really we really need to kind of as human beings try to turn around and change. Because right. we are here we are here for a reason. Each and every one of us are here for a reason. Doesn't matter what you do um, for a living. Doesn't matter how famous or not famous or what a great footballer you are kicking the ball from one end of the field to the other uh, whatever it is you think you're good at doing and if you are good at doing great but you know you have to remember where you came from I always I always say that to people you know remember where you came from or where you started out 
And that way, do you ever go back to Burma? Sorry to interrupt. Do you? Oh like, gosh, you're from Burma. You're from. I'm Burma. half. Yeah, I'm half. I'm half. No, my okay. father passed away. Uh, my mother passed away first, and then my father. But she was English, and he was. Uh, but yeah, thank you for. Uh, well, <laughs> completely threw me there. Sorry, that was a weird no. I, well, it's interjection. Inter- no, oh, I haven't been. To, um, okay. Because I was taken away from there when they split up. Okay. My parents um, split up when I was a very young girl. In fact, I was a baby. Oh. I was a Rangoon baby. Uh-huh. And um, it's now called Myanmar. It's yes. called Myanmar because that's the Burmese name for it. And as you know, it's going through a lot of trouble, strife and turmoil. Um, I'm not a politician, so right. I can't comment too much. But I do know that the country is a military-run uh, country. And uh, Aung San Suu Kyi, who is an amazing, incredible person, has had a lot to deal with, uh, considering she couldn't even go. Apparently, I heard a story. She couldn't even go to the funeral of her of her husband, who oh. was a, a British cameraman, I believe. Oh. Um, and this is just a woman and a man. You know, in the movie, like uh, uh, Julia Roberts says, I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love her. So I was just thinking about how awful that must have been that she couldn't even, you know, go to her own husband's funeral because they had her under house arrest. Because I don't like the fact that she was speaking, you know, plainly and speaking the truth. Um, I just pray to God. I chant. I'm a practicing Buddhist, but, you know, not enough sometimes, to be honest. But I try to keep them in my prayers, all those people that have passed onto the other side. Um, because whether or not you believe it, none of us are ever alone. There is always, we, I, you know, I believe that we are we are surrounded by um, our spirit guides. I call them. Um, well, I don't call them. I was informed about this from those who do this also uh, for a living. But they know about this and are educated. Um, have to respect all of that. But you know, as there are extraterrestrials, I mean, we. Obviously, there are other species out there on other planets, in other universes and galaxies. We must know this, right? I mean, it's taken long enough, um, apart from all the sightings of UFOs, but going to all these different topics in one second, um, but trying to establish that, you know, we are not alone. So what we're doing here on this Earth plane, it's the school of learning, apparently, planet Earth. And we really need to wake up and smell the coffee because we as individuals every single day, there's something small we can do to contribute in hopefully continuing, you know, with uh, allowing mankind to survive. And I believe that um, at this time, there's so much turmoil because of the pandemic causing that, but also it, it showed a lot of people the real truth within their relationships within their life, uh, where, what, you know, what they were, what their, their life path, what they were doing, et cetera, et cetera. And at the end of the day, if we don't kind of realize that we're here to make um, mankind, the species, you know, something better than what we have by being good and kind and being supportive and try to be positive. I know it's hard. We, you know, life is throws your curveballs, but there's no need to take it out on a cat and strangle a, a dog, or you know, go out and kill someone, or whatever that the reasoning is. You know, um, it's just really, really sad that um, as human beings, we haven't. Not all of us are 
you know, uh, compass mentors to the fact that we are here for the for our own individual reasons to help with what's going on. Do you know what I mean? I do. It's uh, the reason I was asking earlier about if you've been back to Myanmar or whatever. Yeah. My mm-hmm. wife and I have been um, contributing to a charity called Project Worth More. Oh, high five. Yeah. yeah. And what did it, I mean, it's a charity that looks out for all refugees, but the presentation mm-hmm. that sold us 10 years ago or whatever was on Burmese refugees specifically. Yeah. And so that's what sold us on the importance of this charity. So I oh, wanted okay. to, I was curious if you'd probably be royalty over there, you know, <laughs> here's one of our, here's one I'd of our, be, I'd probably be killed if I, if I went there actually, because yeah. I have the name I have, which was my father's Maybe. name. But, um, I just wanted to say thank you because sure. I'm sure you know any cause that uh, any cause one contributes to is a wonderful thing. I try to do that on my cameo um, every month. I have a different cause, um, and I try to put you know some of my proceeds towards um, well, I do. I've been doing it towards the mainly animals because uh, I feel they they really need uh, a lot of protection and help. They can't protect themselves. You know, we're the ones that have brought upon them the uh, devastating and horrific, terrorizing things that have been going on with animal experiments and all the rest of it, which makes no sense when at the end of the day, we're a different species. You know, we're humans. It's it's not the same as, you know, when you experiment on rats and mice and all the rest of it. I don't know what what's going on there, but uh as they've discovered over the years, and even with dogs, to deliberately giving them diseases and things, you know, and then they sit there suffering. It's just, I, I don't. It's beyond my comprehension as a being. Yeah. Uh, I hope I'm not um, offending you, but it's not very me. important no. that people are educated because I was totally uneducated as a teenager. I I was the first one in McDonald's getting chips and fries and double cheeseburgers that used to give me a tummy ache, and I used to wonder why, you know. Um, I have to be honest. Um, I love being vegan. I wish I'd discovered it sooner. Yeah. How long has that been? It's been about 15 to 18 years, roughly. Yeah. Maybe around 15 because I was a vegetarian before that, before I became a vegan. It's a process you have to go through, but it's very simple. Um, if you're a spiritual being, I have a theory about the meat thing because um, it's, you know, you're ingesting. Basically, if you look at it this way, when you put food in your body, it's to, it's, to, it's to sustain you and give you energy and give you good vibrations to be able to sleep and to function and to do all those things. But when you actually ingest pain, torture and suffering in your cell psyche, in your cell structure, you're ingesting that and it's going into your body and it's making you angry and it's making you ill. Um, and it's kind of a propaganda thing because the more ill you become, the more medications and the more doctor visits. And who gets the money? All these questions one asks, you know, um, came to light after I discovered um, the difference between, you know, not eating uh, an animal. Like, yeah, you know, it used to be a little piece of steak next to a potato and, and vegetables, which I love. So it was a slow process, but going from you know, being a meat eater to pescatarian, which is just fish, and then from pescatarian to vegetarian, it was not that much of a step just to say, hey, just give up dairy when there are so many alternatives in this day and age. You know, everybody should go to, they should take all the, all the, I think it's important for 
the millennials especially who are the next generation and the generation of, of the next generation to be on this planet if indeed we still have one yeah. with all that's going on yes with all that's yes. going on this planet is dying so we have to wake up and smell the coffee as they say yeah. um, and i love me a cup of coffee i'm sure you do <laughs> so i will uh, leave it at that but uh, yeah. just wanted yeah. to touch on that i hope that wasn't I'm glad you did i'm glad you spoke about things you're passionate about yeah. um okay i just have a couple more questions for you before i let you go there's something that i've always been fascinated with sort of the the transitions in the artist's career um, when they go from being at the top to, I don't know, the bottom or just having to figure it out. Mm -hmm. My, uh, I think I was listening to another interview you were doing back in the day about how it seemed as if you were almost a little grateful that because you got unceremoniously kicked out of Bow Wow Wow and surprised about it, read about it at the NME, that when, an, when, the, when an opportunity came along to make a solo album, I imagine that being a little bit of a lifeline for you. You had said in this interview that the, the couple of weeks after you found this out were really difficult because it's like, what am I going to do now? And you're a teenager still. So I'm guessing when someone comes along and they say, we want you to make a solo album and here's the money and here's the st structure and here's everything, you're back in a comfortable position. You're back in a place you know well. But when that ends and you've got to figure it out for the rest of your career, how does that feel? When Was there ever a moment when you, were there lean years? Was there ever a moment when you had to do something other than music to pay your bills? How did you endure all this time? Which question do you want me to answer first? The record <laughs> deal question or the... I'm sorry, yes. Sorry. <laughs> Let's start with the, I have a habit of doing that. Start with the record <laughs> deal question, yes. Okay, well, first off, I was already signed because I was signed oh. with the band. We were all signed as a band and as individuals, which I did not know. So first of all, that was what happened. Um, apparently, uh, the guys went to record some songs. Uh, I didn't know about this. I didn't know at the time they were going to form a, a band, obviously. I just read about it in the NME. But I was already signed. And what happened was the label people um, didn't throw money at me or anything. They just said, you're committed to doing an album. And uh, we'd like you to go in the studio and start recording it. And in my mind, I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. What's going on? You know, and that's as simple as it was. Um, so as for being a solo, whatever, I never considered myself that at all. Um, as you know, my idea of solo is people like Prince, God rest his soul. And what an amazing, amazing talent we lost there. Um, I say prayers for him, too, every day. Um, Bob Marley, my heroes, you know, I considered to be, you know, um, although Bob Marley was always Bob Marley and the Whalers, you know. Um, but in answer to that question, I hope I'm answering it. I can go off on a little tangent sometimes, but there were so many things going on at the time. I do remember, you know, having to sit and think for a little bit what I would be doing next because it was a big shock to me. You know, we only, we only just started doing a couple of years worth of work and doing a lot of touring and we were about to go to Australia and that got cancelled and Matthew fell off the stage and broke his wrist and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, a lot was going on and uh, I was asked to do, you know, this, I had to fulfill a commitment. So in my mind, it was like, I need to, I need to think about this. And then when I, you know, met a few um 
professional songwriters, I realized um, I could continue, although it would take a while. And it did, I think, take about a year, you know, or a year and a half or something like that. And the label were, you know, looking through all of my songs and saying, yeah, that's a single, that's not a single, that's a single, you need to go and work on that one. They were telling me how to do stuff. I I think I actually lost that deal, you know, because um, I didn't lose the deal. I actually went in to see the the president of the company or somebody, somebody behind a big desk anyway. And I just said, I don't think I can do this. You know, I think after this, this is it, you know. Um, And the best fun I had was recording a song called Fever. with the drummer from a great group that I loved in the day called Slade because they were just a rocker band in the UK. I just interviewed Slade's drummer last week. Oh, Jim Lee. You, did no, you really? Don pa- I interviewed Don Powell, their drummer, but Jim oh. Lee is in that band, yes. Yes, well, he was the guy that played on Fever and I just went Don straight. Don Powell just, played on Fever? No, Jim Lee. Jim Lee did, okay. Jim right. Lee uh, actually did the drums mm-hmm. and it was just bish bash bosh just like I was used to going into a studio, bam, you know, the band, the song, just do my vocals. And it was great. Um, and that was it, you know, that was it. And I was kind of grateful for that period because I needed some time to reassess what had happened, you know, because I didn't know what I'd done wrong. No one told me anything, you know. Sure. I got, I, you know, I just realised when I say no one told me, I think I didn't. You know, I, I've, I've said this many times that, you know, it's just nice to be informed, especially when it concerns you um, and especially when yes. it concerns your money or yes. your livelihood uh, at the end of the day. And it seems that that mistake was made all over again. And now yeah. I know who, who was responsible for the breakup of that band in that day. But I also want to make it clear that, you know, because of what happened, it helped me to learn more about the song, the art of songwriting as I went on in the years. And you don't just, you know, write a song off the top of your head unless you're truly inspired. Like I said, it's all about inspiration. And it takes time to learn and hone a craft. It doesn't just happen overnight. So 
good luck to those people who can do that. But it's it's a craft. You know, what we do yeah. is a craft. It doesn't, you know, like when you see um, people performing, you have to rehearse. You know, things are going on behind the scenes weeks and weeks and weeks or months and months in some cases behind the scenes before you see that, before you hear it. Um, so I never considered myself. I was already... I was, already, you know, I was, I was signed. I was working with a, a, a company, and then I realised it wasn't going to work out. So that's when I decided to move on, and I started working with musicians. And going back to what I, I, I knew, which was a band, which so was being what a band. after the cycle of fever runs its course. I mean, it's still the mid eighties. What do you, how do you do, what do you do after that? I don't know. I'm not familiar with Anna, Annabella Lewin's career mm. after fever and mm. before eighties shows or, you mm. know, like what, what, what makes up that gap? What's in there? Riding on the n- number 59 bus. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, going, going into the dry cleaning establishments and saying, can I have a job please? Um, I don't know. I have to be honest. It's 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 a very difficult thing to discuss in this medium. So we shall see. But I I am aware that uh, there were periods where people have had absolutely no. I mean, for example, when I got my deal with, um, you know, Muff Winwood signed me to uh, a deal. I was so incredibly thankful and grateful for working with such a great A&R guy. He. uh, was just a nice nice man you know uh, and I hope you know uh, and his brother of course is Steve Winwood and I said that song you know um, take me that that one I used to do it on the radio all the time I did not know they were they were related it's so bizarre that's how my mind was working you know but um I basically just got a band together and did lots of rehearsals and I had a girl in the band too, which I really, really liked um, because she would do, you know, some vocalizations with me, but just wrote, just wrote songs, just kept writing. And uh, there are those songs, which I'm talking about that, uh, you know, we'll we'll see, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not really very good at that other side of the coin. I probably need to, that's where a record label does come in. It's, it's really, it's really good to have a press officer that deals with all the press and even like today this kind of interview business but again i'm not trying to um you know i'm just being me and if anyone wants is interested in you know seeing me hearing me or talking to me thank you but if anyone you know is interested in finding out more please direct them to the to the website. website Yeah. Okay, last little bit here. We have some Patreon supporters. I always tell them who I'm interviewing. They can mm-hmm. com- submit questions if they want. Most sure. of them either I w- wove into our conversation or they deal with some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that I can tell uh, you'd rather not get into, which is totally fine. <laughs> One thing that came up a couple of times. One, was it true that Boy George was going to replace you in Bow Wow Wow? And number two, did you ever actually know Adam Ant very well, considering the tie between your two bands? Number one, that wasn't on in the cards. It was okay. an idea that that was um, thought up by Malcolm. He wanted to have more singers, generally speaking. So he was trying it out first with um, George, who actually yeah. used to come see our shows all the time. He was one of the 
the groups of the, what we used to call back in the day the Blitz Kids. Yeah, they used to be a group of club, stuff. yeah, club goers. They were all into Visage and Sound of the Crowd. Yours been on here. Tony Hadley's been on here. Yeah. So I, all those groups, yeah, what we used to call sort of techno-y bands, um, they used to go to go see, and they used to look. I think fabulous. I used to always be looking at all these people in awe who looked so beautiful and dressed up. We used to like, I used to say that, come dress up, dress up. Cause I used to just love staring at all what they were wearing and how they, you know, it was, it was so such an education for me as a, as a young woman. But, um, number two, um, what was the second question? Sorry. The second one, Adam, man, did you ever cross paths with him or get to know him at all? I'm guessing you didn't know all the political stuff that was going on about his band being stolen and putting. No, I didn't didn't know that. until I saw an interview, yeah. and was made aware of it. Um, I didn't know by the man himself. You know, I saw an interview. I did not know that he had paid money to this very famous uh, manager guy, and that all that happened happened. And um, to my knowledge, I was auditioned after they had um, decided on a redhead singer, <laughs> which is kind of ironic after all these really? years. But, yeah, again, once again, I now know who was responsible for the demise of that group. It's such a shame. It's so sad. I feel so sad because, you know, we were a great band, uh, and now there is no, no band officially by that name. But um, if people, you know want to come and see what I'm doing as that band because I, I only do what I remember doing in that band if, if that makes sense sure. I'm not trying to copy anybody or do anything other than just be me alright there you have it Annabella Lewin uh, I want to close it out She now a few years ago an album came out of hers called Super Boom which is sort of a collection of songs, odds and sods of hers Bow Wow Wows that didn't make it onto albums. And this is one of the songs off that album. It's called Wild In Me. It's really good and it sort of helps to complete, complete the story of some of her solo career and, and of the band. I love Bow Wow Wow. They, there's just nothing has ever sounded like that. It's still fresh. It's still exotic. It's still cool and weird, but also awesome. I love it. I, I hope you guys do too. Now, um, next week, I'm not 100% sure what we're going to go with, but I think it's post-punk. I'll just leave it at that. If you think about what the great post-punk bands are, pretty sure that's what's coming up next week. We'll see. Um, huge thanks, as always, to Yamanan Mankiewicz, my right-hand man, for doing this with me. Thanks, buddy. Oh, by the way, just in case, one more time. There's the Lost Ladies Live show that Annabella is performing at in Grand Prairie, Texas on the 20th and the Lost Ladies live show that she's participating in in Bakersfield, California on the 25th. So if you're in either of those locations or nearby or thinking of going, by all means do it because they're awesome. You guys know by now you can like our page on Facebook. You can send us a message on there. You can send us an email at thehustlepod at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at thehustlepod. Um, I have a book club in the can it might come out this week or it might be next week. I'm not 100% sure. Anyway, thanks everybody. We love you. <laughs>